Hey, what's up, family? Y'all now tuned in to the Way Out Podcast with your boy Josh and my brother Jeff. Hope y'all are doing exceptionally well. Um, as everyone is coming into the live feed, those who's listening or watching, later, we just want to say thank you. If you feel that after watching this video, you got some value, uh, something that aided in your life, feel free to subscribe, feel free to follow us. Um, wherever you see fit on Facebook, YouTube, all those good places. Um, but as everyone's coming in, I'm gonna talk to my boy Jeff. How you doing, my brother? Man, I'm doing good. You know what? Uh you know what I thought was interesting is that we didn't talk before this about our clothes, and I have green on and you have red, so Listen, <laughs> we're color coordinated for Christmas. It's the season, man. man it is what it is, man. One of those things, you, when you've done went around Christmas 30-plus years, yep. it's almost instinctive. Right. It's just a good time. Uh, unfortunately, everybody in my house has been sick, so we haven't been really eating any sweets, but um, we're praying that we're all good for, uh, what is it, Friday. He's a faithful. We, he's a faithful God, my brother. That's right, because we have to enjoy uh, <laughs> the fruits of the season. But how have you been? Are you guys ready for Christmas over there? Yeah, we're pretty much ready, man. I mean, um, it's going to be a pretty long day for me. We have three different uh, families <laughs> after my dad, my mom, and of course my wife's family. So it's going to be a long day, um, but it's going to be good, man. I'm excited about Christmas, man. Your nieces and nephews, uh, sisters and brothers. Everybody's going to be. It's just a good time of the year, man. So I'm excited. Well, hey, it's more. The more families you have, the more food. That's true. Even though I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of eating, man. I'm ready to get back on my quinoa. I'm ready to get back on my, my healthy stuff, man. Because this stuff is overrated, especially when you're not, when you're not, or haven't done it in a while, or when you know you've been eating healthy for a while. No, I got you. Yeah, it's funny you said that because I already started getting. I bought uh, some uh, stoneware like big bowls today because I'm going to start doing some big salads <laughs> starting okay. first of the year because I like to, uh, when I'm really behaving, I love to eat like a huge salad for my yeah. first meal, like around noon because I intermittent fast, which you know that. Yeah. And yeah. at dinner time, have meat and vegetables and maybe occasionally have like some potatoes or something like that. That yeah. usually gets me back to feeling good and everything. Yeah. yeah, man. It's, they're not making the food like they used to. I used to eat like this and didn't really feel as sluggish or feel as bad. It's, they, they're just putting too much crazy stuff in our food now that's not allowing us to enjoy it on a regular basis, man. Yeah, no way. And then, of course, you know, we're, we're a little bit older than we were when we that's were That's true. Our- <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's what it is. Maybe I need to stop blaming the ingredients and just get just understand that that's part of aging. No, I think I think that you know when we when we eat good food and you feel light, you know, um, there's something to be said about that. Like I, whenever I eat healthy and I'm eating good and I'm putting in the right nutrients, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what age you are. We know I know people who are older that eat like that and they feel wonderful in their sixties because wow. they're eating so healthy. So, you know, I mean, obviously, all the the processed food is not what God has uh, created us. That's nah. human things to eat. There, there's no way. You know, that stuff's no meant way. to kill you. So exactly. <clears throat> so all right, man. What do we got for the uh day in life of the family, man? My brother? <clears throat> yeah. So uh for those of you just tuning in, uh maybe for your first time, we do a day in the life of a family man. It's not that we don't care about a woman's perspective, but we're <laughs> both men, so we'd rather offer you offer you our personal experience, right? We can't speak for women, uh, but we can speak for ourselves. And so today uh we're gonna talk about uh, setting the tone for mm. private devotion. So what I mean by setting a tone, you know, as the man is, uh, as the, I mean, like set the tone by being an example. Yeah. You know, when we have a passion for God's word and prayer, it becomes contagious. And I've seen that on my own kids and my wife. 
And, and when we invite the Holy Spirit into every area of our lives and we acknowledge him in all of our ways, it permeates our relationships. Yeah. Because, you know, we can't expect our wives and children to go in the right direction if we are not going that way ourselves. That's real. What, you know, what do I mean by that? You want holy children, you've got to live holy. If you want godly children, you've got to live godly. If you want your children, you know, to know the difference between right and wrong, then you've got to call out evil when you see it and honor goodness when 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 it's prevalent. You know, as every everyone wants to influence, you know, millions through social media or their ministry, but they can't even influence those closest to them, those who live in the same house that God has put under their watch. Yeah. You know, and, and we forget about that. And listen, you know, 9.9 times out of 10, and I'm speaking about children in this regard, your children will hear from God through you. And it's like, are you speaking for God or self? Because whichever one they hear will be the one they worship. Hmm. Are you speaking for God or self? Because whichever one they hear the most will be the one they worship. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so... Whatever you do, you, you you know, and oftentimes whatever you don't like about them is usually the thing that they picked up from you. Like I said, whatever one you show the most is the one they're going to worship. That's why it's so important to live the life that you're preaching, especially as the man of the home. The greater responsibility is always with the leader. You know, people worry about, I was thinking about this today, Ezzy. Mm-hmm. People worry about no prayer in schools, but there is no prayer in their homes and their deacons. You know, yeah. you know, when was the last time people had daily consistent Bible study and prayer with your wife and children? You know, how often is Jesus mentioned in your home? Do you, you know, for those of you watching, do you expound on the scriptures with your children? Maybe you're not as good at Bible study, but there's plenty of YouTube videos. They can sit down and watch us for Bible study if they want. You know, do you take the foolishness that's being taught in their public schools and and are you combating it with the word of god and so you know as i think it's just important that we not only set a tone um and an expectation of living a life separated unto god but that we do it through our own example because how many times have you seen people walk away because they listen to goats who are pretending to be sheep Hmm. You know, and, and it's our responsibility as men to ensure that Jesus is not only preached, but that he's seen in our lives and he's imitated. And, you know, and, and that includes even even when we when we mess up, you know, that we're honest and we come and we confess to our wife or to our children. Like, hey, I messed up because the thing is, is that it's not like your wife and your children are looking for somebody who's perfect because you're never going to be it. They're, that's Jesus. You're never going to be perfect. But what they are looking for is someone who is genuine, someone who who sees their faults and is willing to repent openly when they've done something wrong. You know, so often the Bible says, don't provoke your children to anger. And we're so quick to want to say, you know, this is my house and these are my rules. But you're forgetting that that young gentleman, you know, men operate off of respect. Women operate off of being cherished. So if you have a son or a daughter, if you're not respecting and cherishing, you are going to create something that you do not like. And so whenever you speak to that young man, you do it respectfully. Even if they've done something wrong, you've got to set the tone. You know, you would, I, as 
I would never disrespect you and speak down to you, even if we had a disagreement, mm -hmm. because I respect you, because That's you right. are my friend, because I love you. You're more than a friend. You're my brother. Well, yeah. how much more my own children? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. some people are just so quick to like lay down the law. But you and I both know that we wouldn't speak to each other like that. And you shouldn't do that with your children. With that little girl, you need to be sensitive and gentle because she needs to know that she's cherished and loved, that she has a safe zone, that when she has a problem, that she can come running to you. And so I just finished by saying this, you know, when you, when you as a, the leader of your home are doing what you're supposed to be doing, at the end of the day, whether they go the wrong way or the right way, at least you can say, Lord, I was faithful to you. And I'm asking you to come and bring them, bring them uh, back to, to the way that, that you, that I've trained them to go. Right. Because if we train them up, then they'll go. And I'm speaking about children, but that goes along with the wife. But I kind of want to leave that to you as well, just because I know I have kids, but maybe you can talk about the wife aspect too, you know, and how it's so important that, we set the tone by being an example to the to our wives and our and our kids. Yeah, man, and that's one thing that men sometimes often forget is the responsibility of their position. Right. Responsibility, by definition, is in the word having the ability to respond. If you don't have the ability to respond to the basic needs, if not the needs beyond the basic platform, then my friend, you're not ready to be a husband right. and you're not ready to be a father. And I think sometimes we get so lackadaisical with our decision making. We get out there and we just sow our seed into certain gardens. And then when that garden produced fruit, now all of a, now, now all of a sudden now we don't know what to do. That's right. why you got to make sure that you understand your number one position. The greatest position a man would ever hold is son a son of God. That's when you right. understand sonship, the rest of the ships will sail accordingly. If you know who you are in Christ and the love that comes from that, the acceptance that comes from that, um, biblically understanding uh, what it means to be a child of God, then that will permeate into every aspect because the word of God says, Jeff, that the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. That's that right. when there's a level of respect towards God, then there will be respect delegated and also uh, honored and reciprocated because you first gain wisdom from your respect of God. That's why I'm telling you, your fear of God and every man has to understand how much do you reverence God? Right. Because if you're not reverencing God in your private life. When it comes within the circle of life, you're not going to be able to manage that. And that's why your, your, the results of our marriages, the results of our families, the results of our platforms, Jeff, boils all the way down on how much we worship God seen and unseen. Right. That's where the tone comes from. The tone that we set as a man comes from our time with God. No time with God, no tone set. Actually, there's a tone that's being set, but not a godly tone like Jeff was saying. It's very pivotal that we as men, we fellowship with God, we engage with God, <clears throat> so that when we walk out of that prayer closet, we walk out of that time with God, it will be felt in our family. That when our family is in a place or when our wives and our children are in a place of fear, they see faith in us. When they're in situations where they're in doubt, they see strength in us. Because right. we know where to go, even if you got to fake it, fake it until you get back to, to the room, <laughs> fake it till you get back to the closet to renew right. your strength. You see what I'm saying? Right. And tone has to be set often. And most people, most men, they can respond sexually. They can respond to the ability. They have the ability to respond to the sexual need of their wife. They have the ability to respond to X, Y, and Z. But we have to have the ability to respond to the holistic needs of, our, of the ones that's connected to us. Uh, people will think that 
the woman who carries the child um, is the most responsible. No, it's the one who planted the seed. The gardener never asked the tree to have full responsibility. You see what I'm saying? It's the one who sows the seed. And so since so many men are willy-nilly with they willy sowing seed, but don't have the responsibility or the strength enough to be able to say, no, I'm going to make sure that I raise my children and make sure that I lead my family under the fear of God, then you'll see based upon the wisdom that falls from his tree. And so I just think as men, we have to just, it is what it is. If you didn't want this responsibility, you shouldn't ask for it. If you do not have the ability to respond to the needs of a woman, the needs of a child, don't, uh, don't, um, don't, um, Lure a woman up under your leadership and don't put your, you know what, in some other place to bear children because it's a lot of responsibility. I'm learning that firsthand. And the good thing about God, Jeff, there was times when I was kind of a little insecure about being a husband because I'd never seen one before. I didn't have a day-by-day, play-by-play put on game of what a husband looked like. But what the Holy Spirit told me was, he says, I was you don't have to be insecure at any moment because I was in that moment before you was even even uh, uh, in that place. So I will give you what to say. I will show you what to do. That's why Jeff and I, if you ask our family, they'll say, yo, they're good people. They're good men because we had no guys. All that we can go to is submit to God. Say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And he empowers us to do what we're incapable of. But there is some responsibility as a man to self-assess and say, hey, am I ready? If not, then don't don't do what you don't respond when you don't have the ability to do so. Yeah, and I I think that's wonderful. And I'll just I'll just finish it off by saying this. Listen, everybody thinks the grass is greener on the other side, Mm. but they don't know the work it takes to get that type of yard. That's the problem that they don't understand. You know, that they are they don't know that when I couldn't afford a hedger, I was out using scissors. Like you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I'm making that up. But what I'm saying is like you don't know what it took mm. to get and you don't know what it takes to maintain it either. You know, that's the thing, like don't be deceived. And I think men need to be more honest with other men, thinking that oh, just because you enter into a Christian relationship that everything is gonna be all peachy and everything is gonna be great. Actually, it's the exact opposite. Because if you want a great marriage, a great if you want to be a great parent or a great husband, the only way to do that is to work at it. Because no one is perfect. It requires work. It requires a lot of work. You've got to be willing to do what nobody else will do. Mm-hmm. And what do I mean by that? That means that before my wife prays, before my kids pray, sure. I'm up praying. Before my kids ask me for Bible study, I've already got the Bible study in the back ready to go. You know, you've got to spend the time, like we talked about last time, about auditing and taking inventory of what's going on in your family. You've got to stay up when everybody else is asleep. You've got to get up before everybody else wakes up. You've got to put in the time if you want a good marriage. Now, I'm not saying you can't coast on, but eventually a storm's going to come. That's right. And you're going to find out real quick, which if you have roots in the ground that are deep enough, like we talked about uh, a couple uh, podcasts ago, or if you're built on something that whenever the storm comes, it's just going to fall over. And you thought you were okay, and you thought you had something you had, but you did. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, Ezzy, I think that's great. I think that's like just powerful about the men setting the tone and like realizing like don't get into something unless you are. Um, it doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but you have to have the mentality that hey, I'm willing to. It, it, I'll say it like this, Ezzy. 
the, what I told Joanne one time, I said, listen, we're going to be happily married uh, or miserably married, but we will mm. never be divorced. That's real. I, I said, I said, so let's go with happily married because we're going to work. <laughs> at this thing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I said, I'll never get divorced. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's so, not going to happen. And most people no. go in with, with options and an exit plan before they even no. enter the plan. And one thing that I understand is that, or I'm going to let men know, is that you have to provide for a woman holistically. Whole, like, man, like, like you gotta, you can't just be like, oh, I'm ready to provide financially. That's only one fourth of the equation, man. Like, you gotta provide for her financially, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and yep. that's work. Do you know how many times I have to cover up to my chin and I'm ready to go to sleep? And my wife taps me on the shoulder, she wants to talk. I have to talk. And you have to understand there's gonna be moments in marriage where you're gonna be frustrated, but you gotta know what you got yourself into. Right. And you gotta know what God requires of you because I'm telling you, if you so if you do well on the front end, you don't have to worry about bad stuff happening in the back end. I'm telling you, if you tend your tree now, you don't have to worry about rotten fruit later. Like, like your your wife and your children are the results of your fellowship with God. Yes, they're gonna have their own fellowships, but they are the fruit of yours. The Holy Spirit's gonna be like, you know what, take that L. Just just listen. Yeah, yeah, she may have been wrong, but you take, you take, you take the humble road. If you get caught up in pride, you in for a long ride, fam. But if you humble yourself, man, things in like uh, me and my wife have this thing that we talk about. We go to the Holy Spirit. Like, like most people do not understand the resource that the Holy Spirit is in the marriage. You yeah, see what I'm saying? Just, like he is, man, I'm telling you, whenever she makes me upset or whenever I make her upset, I say, let's go to the Holy Spirit first. Because I promise you, I'm going to, you should want a man or a woman that's submitted to God. Because there's going to be moments where they flesh don't want to be submitted to you. But if they fear God and you go to God and God checks that man, checks the woman, oh, they'll come back in 24 to 48 hours. They'll, they'll, come, they'll come back around. But if, they, if you got a man and a woman that ain't submitted to God, Man, that's 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 unnecessary drama, man. And I, I think that is a great point because we forget that um when you're in a marriage, there's three people. Yeah, you're not fighting alone. Jeff, before you start, keyword people or persons. Yes. Holy Spirit is a person. That's 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 important for them to know. Right. And so uh when the whole you're not fighting alone, so whenever you have a problem that you can't fix out on your own. It's best to be quiet and pray. That's right. And God and God will begin to speak to both your hearts. A lot of times I have found out that my wife and I are both right and we both are wrong at That's the exact real. same time. Exact same I time. know that that sounds crazy, but like for instance, from her perspective, once the Holy Spirit reveals, I'm like, oh, when I look at it from that way, I could see why she would be upset. Yeah. But then from my perspective, whenever she gets how I, what I was coming at, she's like, you know what? From your perspective, that makes sense too. You see what I'm saying? It's like both sides, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, and He He's able to help us. We're not alone. So, anyway, I don't know if you have anything else to say, but um, I know we want to get into our subject, but uh, I think that's yeah. great. I, <clears> I think I, th I hope that helped. I just I'm just going to finish it with this. Yeah. If you do not have the ability to respond or the availability to respond to God, then don't reach out to no woman. Don't make no children. I'm telling you, if you don't have the availability to God, you will not have the ability to respond to the needs of a woman or children or whatever position that God puts you in. Sonship is the best position for a man to be. From your fellowship with God, everything else will flourish. Yep. And All right. And, go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. 
sorry, one last thing I was going to say. Look at society. Anytime there's not a father, every single time, it leads to society going down, 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 down. The father is very important to be there and to lead his family. That's so right. It's so important to set the tone and be an example. Sorry, go ahead, bro. No, you're good, bro. Today's topic, man, is, man, this is one of my favorite, one of my top five favorite passages to preach, Jeff. Yes. Because it's, it's so, it's so many points in it that, that I think that we need to address. And I always tell people, drive the speed limit of the text. Like, don't go 75 when God wants you to go 18 miles an hour. Sometimes we just read through just to say we read. No, but have, have you allowed the word of God to read you? We can read the word, but we must allow it to read us, to show us what it what is needed to feed us and to be um, um, the men and women that we need to be for God. But today we're going to be talking about, are you present? Um, are you, um, like we said before, available? Are you present? Are you able um, to do what's most fitting in the situation. And it's Christmas time. So we, we we had a couple of words that Jeff and I was throwing around. We threw around the word present and the word gift. And so you're going to hear that through our talk today. Uh, and you'll see how the, the entendres um, flow. But I'm going to read the text, Jeff, and kind of start from there. And I and I uh, will piggyback and we'll just do, uh, see what the Holy Spirit wants to do today. Um, but our text today is Luke chapter eight. Oh, well, Luke chapter 10, <laughs> verses 38 through 42. And I'm going to read a story with Mary and Martha. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing, key, key phrase, but one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This text has so many layers to it. Like the last text, Psalm 91, we only got to like two or three verses. Um, but but I'm going to start with the top and kind of flow. And Jeff, feel free to interject anywhere that you find your points um, there. Um, first off, yeah. I want to say that anyone that thinks that the word of God is misogynistic, that the word of God is not um, um, loving towards women, um, you have not read the text All, right here. You see a lot of uh, women friendly, uh, a, a God who who is not just there with disciples as men, but who welcomed a woman to be at his feet. Now, culturally, a woman was not supposed to be at the feet. Now, culturally, Martha was correct. Culturally, Martha was where she was supposed to be. But because there was a gospel presented, because there was God in the midst, he he not only wanted to dismiss the law, but he came to fulfill it, which gave uh, the, the certain level of, of intrigue or interest for Mary to say, hey, I know the culture says that I should be in the kitchen. I know culture says I shouldn't be at her feet, but I'm going to be here. And even in Christian culture, Jeff, a lot of people are not at his feet. Christian culture is more about serving versus being served. 
Christian right. culture and a lot of other cultures is about works righteousness or working, not only just not necessarily that category, but some people are working for their own righteous sake. Some people are working for their own clout, for their own look. But what we see here with Mary is that she said, I'm going to be present. Right. How many gifts have we missed opportunities of deposits that we have missed because we missed our appointments with him? Let me go to start from the top. And I just want to kind of give that little little uh, tidbit there. But let's get right here. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet. Other texts within the scriptures, you often see teacher. But when you see Lord, you see fellowship. You see a depth of relationship. And it said that who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. The thing about spending time with God, Jeff, is not just to give God your to-do list, but to be available to listen. Presence doesn't mean that I'm physically there. I had basketball practice with my nephew today, and some of the guys were physically present, but they were not mentally present. You could tell in the way they executed their drills. You could tell they were just going through the motions. But greatness requires us to be holistically present as men, as people, as followers of God. We got to make sure that we are completely present. And your time with God has to be sacred to such a degree that your cell phone is not allowed in that space. Different things are not allowed there so that you are not easily distracted. Now, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet. She didn't sit. She didn't sit by his hand. She sat by his feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. How many of us are present for the church, but not present for Christ? How many people are present for our ministries, but we're not present for our families? One thing that shook me to the core, Jeff, is that God is not going to measure me based upon how I've impacted the world. He's going to first judge me on how I impacted my family, my first ministry. And when we lose sight of that, we begin to get into talent and not anointing. There's a big difference between talented men and women who have a form of godliness but denying the power. See, when you want your own form of godness, you're denying the actual former. You you deny the one that's actually going to form you into a level of pruning and a level of stripping <clears throat> that positions you as an abandoned individual that says, God, I have nothing down here that makes me valuable but you. And then that's when the anointing flows. Anointing is basically a certain level of focus that sustains the work of the Holy Spirit without grievance. So many of us, we are distracted doing good things, but not the God thing. Right. Let's keep going because I know Jeff got a lot to say. I'm just breaking this down real quick. But Martha was distracted with much serving. Nothing wrong with serving, but it could be an issue of much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, man, Martha had the audacity, Jeff. And said, but Martha, and often you saw Peter do this. Oh, should I forgive my brother seven times? They try to be cute. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go to the Lord and try to be cute. And be like, you know, I bet your Lord going to tell you to come anyway, right? right? She said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Some of us, we got to leave certain people alone so we can go get served, get poured into. Uh, I see your face, Jeff. Go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. Let's keep going. Lord, do you not care? Man, do you not care that my sister has left me? It's, all, it's as if Martha was being a little bit like, yo, fam. The other Pharisees, the other teachers, man, they would have been told her to go. 
left me to serve alone. Tell her then how can how do we have the audacity to know what God cares about? And then we think that because our care trumps his cares, we could then have the audacity to tell him what we need. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Listen to me. I'm going to stop here. Never let nobody pull you from your fellowship with God to help them with their thing, what they want them to help. If you know that's not what God called, I don't care who asked you for the help. You ask the helper if you should help. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Great. The macaroni and cheese look good, Martha. The greens smell good, Martha. The cookies, I, I smell it. But one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion. For if you feed us, that goes into my body and out. That portion is in and out. But when you are fed spiritual things, that thing sits with you for life. But one thing is necessary. And Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. How many things are we invested in that can be taken away? Because physical things, money can be taken away. Relationships can be taken away. But one thing that cannot be taken away is that personal uh, relationship with God. And that's why in order for us to be properly present this Christmas season and every season of our lives, we have to make sure that we are present in his presence. The Bible says in his presence, there's a fullness of joy. You're not going to always feel joyous. Being a husband, joyous, being a wife, joyous, doing the things of God. But when you know where your help comes from, you will find joy in it. For this is the day that the Lord has made. I will, be, I will rejoice and be glad in it. And so I'll start with my introduction there and, and let Jeff uh, 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 chop this, this, this text up uh, with me so that we can gain more at this understanding of how we can be more present with those that God has given us as presence. Amen. I, man, that's powerful. Like. Like you said, this scripture, you can go into yes. so many different directions. Yes. Um, I'm going to go in two directions and see okay. where it takes from there. Let's go. You know, my, my first direction is this. Listen, here, here's what I heard Martha say. She's worried about which side of the plate to put the silverware, but the king of kings and lord of lords is in her living room. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Like, like she's so busy about all these things. And the only thing that matters is standing right in front of her. Wow. I mean, it just, it just begins to amaze me, her priorities. You know, it's like, I think about like the church, right? You spend all your time on programs. And I, I'm not against programs. Yeah. Uh, but if you spend all your hours on, on building a sermon, and I'm not against sermons. Me and Essie are both preachers. Yeah. You know, you spend all your time and hours on you know, choir practice and visiting people and hospitality and helping people, all those things are great. But if Jesus isn't in it, wow. well, it doesn't matter. All you are is a charity if his presence is not first. You're no different than the world. All you're doing is putting a religious uh, uh, title on it, but you're ignoring the thing that matters the most. You're in there saying, oh my goodness, I need to hit my note in, in choir. It doesn't matter that you hit your note. It matters why you're hitting your note. Wow. It doesn't matter why you're preaching. It matters why you're preaching. Jesus doesn't look and say, oh, he preached a good sermon or he sang a good song. He looks at why you preach the sermon. Why he? God can take the most terrible song and turn somebody's heart because if he's in it, 
that's what matters. And it's like Martha is trying, she, it's like she's got her priorities backwards. And, and it's not that Jesus is mean to her or thinks she's wicked because she's not. She, she out of her heart is truly trying to serve. But he's like, do you not see the, the gravity of the moment? You're so busy that you're missing it. I'm in your living room. The king of kings, the creator of all the universe is standing right in front of you. And you're worried about silverware and making sure the mats look nice and the plates are plated properly. I mean, do you know how foolish that sounds? It says, you know, you're doing all these things. And it's like, do you not see that? It, it, yes, it, it's good to serve. And yes, you're involved in your church. But if my presence doesn't come first, it doesn't matter because you're not going to have the power to preach. You're not going to have the power to minister. You're not going to have the power to be hospitable. Eventually, you're going to burn out because you put all those things first instead of me. And that's why you're getting burned out. That's why you can't seem to make it through because you've been focusing on all of the fruit instead of the root of the issue, which is me. Listen, if Jesus is... is, is you know, you may have dynamite, but Jesus is a nuclear bomb. You're, you're trying to blow, blow up things. You're trying to do the things that you think matter. And you're not realizing that what Mary chose was the greater thing, which was to sit at Jesus's feet. Why is he saying that, Ezzy? Because he knows that whether there's preaching or prophesying, whether there's tongues, it's all going to go away. But in forever, in eternity, we're going to be spending time at his feet. Listen, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. He's the one that's doing the work. But if, I, but if I'm on earth and not putting him first, it doesn't matter. And I think some people get this so wrong in the church. You know, I heard a, a, a person say one time, we have our entire life to go deep in the Lord. And, and I wanted to cry at that person because I said, you are missing everything you want people to join your church and serve, but what you don't realize is that they need the Holy Ghost and they need God's presence first. They need it before they do anything because a tree can't bear fruit unless it has roots in the ground. And you're trying to take a rootless tree and, and focus on the fruit. And, 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 and Martha is like that. You know, Martha is a kind person. She's a doer. She opens up her house, right? We all know doers. They're great people. But they can be so busy doing everything that they're doing nothing because they miss the big picture. And so um, that was the one aspect I wanted to take it. And I don't know if you want to talk about that. I have a second aspect, but I just think like, man, this scripture is so powerful because it reminds me. I mean, it personally convicts me like, Jeff, when you preach a sermon, are, are you looking up scriptures just so you can get a good word or because you want to spend time with the Lord? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, that's the difference. Like, we don't do stuff because we want to look good in front of men. We're doing yeah. stuff because we want to spend time in his presence. We need him. It's crazy how we we think energy comes from productivity. Wow. We think that the more I do, the more I turn myself, the more I rev the engine, the more energy I produce. Many people will look at you and think that based on you doing nothing, you're lazy. Yeah. People look at you. That's why one thing God is challenging me. He's like, let your let what you like for me as a YouTuber. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, I got to plan out messages. I got to kind of because of YouTube and all that stuff. Yeah. And God was saying, like, that would take care of itself if you take care of me or if you allow me to take care of you. 
The rest right. will take care of itself. You right. will always have a message when you in my presence. Right. And, and, and it's tempting in a world where you have to do something. Like, do you not understand that you don't have to do as much as the world? Why do you think the whole hashtag no sleep? Because they exactly. don't have a God to support them. We as right. believers are supposed to just do the simple thing because all we, if you, it, it, listen, you don't have to worry about going viral. You don't have to worry about being successful. If you consistently stay in the presence of God, he'll deposit what he needs to deposit when he wants to deposit for you to receive all types of deposits. So you don't have to be like, I got to keep up with the Jones. I got to keep up with Bishop and pastor and this lady and that person. You just got to sit at his feet. Right. Like if he's not moving, if he hasn't left his chair, I ain't left his feet. Right. And then wherever, if he gets up, then I get up and I go wherever he goes. And when he sits, I sit. But that's right. it, Jeff, because I want you to get to your second point, because I, no, this, no, no. You, can't, you can't leave this type of uh, um, nutrient dense text right here in front of a person who needs these vitamins. Right. And it's like. I mean, so we'll go into that in a second. I just want to read something I, I read because something I realized, I wrote this on Facebook a few weeks ago and I said, I, I remember that some of the Hebrew women delivered their babies in silence. But just mm. because someone isn't loud doesn't mean they're not producing something. And I said, patient, work quietly. Some of the loudest people are busy doing nothing. And I just realized mm. that's about Martha. She is so loud. Lord, don't you see what, what don't you care that my sister is sitting there and I'm doing all this work? Martha's the loudest person in the room. Mary's the quietest person. Mm. But Mary producing something in silence that is greater than anything that Martha could even begin to compare to. And People it's don't amazing. Understand, Jeff. Yes. Brother, it's, it's crazy how many people focus on external production, but not internal production. Right. Everybody it's, thinks you're a good Christian because you produce the external look of it, but right. you're not bearing the fruit of it. Man, bro, you should have yeah. said that, bro. I'm going to leave. I'm going to let you get back to it. Yeah, no, I just want to say it one more time. Some of the Hebrew women delivered their babies in silence. Just because someone isn't loud doesn't mean they are not producing something. Be patient. Work quietly. Some of the loudest people are busy doing nothing. That And I, I wrote that on December 11th. And look at what we're talking I'm telling you, Martha is the person that's loud. She makes you think that she's doing all these great things. Look at me, look at me. And I'm not trying to put down Martha, but what I'm saying is like, this is the person that says, hey, 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 you know, look at all the stuff I'm doing. Look at me. You know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And 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 meanwhile, Mary is, is there quiet sitting at Jesus's feet. But what she is producing is greater than anything that Martha could even begin to understand because she is focused on outward and Mary is focused on inward. Why? Mm. Because Mar Martha is dealing in the temporal. Mary is dealing in eternity, right? The things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so the root you can't see. That's where Mary's at. The fruit is what you see. That's where Martha's at. But see, the thing is that you don't know that if the, the fruit is not connected to the tree, eventually it rots and dies, right? And that's what yeah. Jesus is getting at. He's saying, listen, you're loud and you're anxious and everybody sees what you're doing. But I just want you to be quiet and listen. You, and I'll produce more in your quietness than you could ever produce by being loud and, and uh, uh, working for it in your own capacity. 
I'll produce more in your quietness and your yielding than you could ever produce in your working and, and in doing things in your own capacity and in your own ability because it doesn't work. There's a reason Moses was kicked to the backside of the desert because mm. God had to strip him of everything that could be used uh, 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 to, to uh, push him forward in Egypt. He said, no, if we're going to do this, it's going to be through me, not through mm. you. It's not going to be through your influence and who you know, and it's not going to be through your prestige and having uh, dealt with the culture and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm going to send you to the backside of a desert for 40 years so I can strip your influence. So I can strip every part of you that thinks that your own work and your own ability is going to produce something versus me doing it. I'll do it in the shadow, in the blink of an eye. And it's like Mary is sitting there being, being stripped and just letting God. And meanwhile, uh, Martha's over there trying to work in Egypt. And it's not it's not working out. And he's like, don't you see it? I'm right here with you. So I, I don't I'll get to my second point. But if you have any. Yes, man, man. See, bro, you can't you can't see when preachers are in the same room. It's, <laughs> it's like it's like basketball it's like sports. It's like anything. When there's two people in the same profession with chemistry, it just it just man, I just got some more points here. Number one is this. You everywhere at in K through 12, you often hear teachers say, um, or you'll hear parents say, sit in the front row. Because when you sit in the front row, you know, you won't be easily distracted. That's right. It is not that Martha couldn't hear what Jesus was saying, but plates get loud. Water gets loud. There's a lot of things in serving that's loud. But the thing about Mary was it wasn't that the message wasn't able to be heard. She was just close enough to where she couldn't see anything else to distract her. The, the issue is not that you can't hear God while serving, but you got to make sure that you are so close to him that you're not so ritualistic in your endeavors, but that you you can't be such a ritual person. You got to be a relational person. So yeah. if God says, hey, this is not the way I want you to go to work today, you trust him. If God said, hey, don't go to work today, I guarantee it <clears throat> that everybody on 9-11 in 2001 had an unction not to go to work. Right. I guarantee it because why? If God's the omniscient one, God is not going to set himself up to be misjudged. He's not going to set himself up to be for anyone to say, well, you didn't tell me not to go to work today. So God has to, based upon him as a judge, has to give unctions and warnings specifically to anyone so that anyone who dies in tragedy cannot say on judgment that you didn't give me an unction. Right. So you can't be so ritualistic with your endeavors. Oh, when a man or a teacher's in my home, let me go ahead and cook. No, it might have been the right thing culturally to do, but there's something about the Christ that trumps all cultural norms. Right. Like right now as Christians, we can't do like the world does. He supersedes the norm. And he's saying the, the simple things confounds the wise. Just simply sitting at God's feet, not having to do X, Y, and Z, but just staying present and staying close. How do we not know that Mary, um, uh, 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 what was deposited in her, would not would not have later created businesses that would have not, if Martha would have sat closer, maybe her chicken would have came out better. Maybe she macaroni and cheese would have came out better. Right. But because she trusted in her own ritual, she went and did it. Last thing I want to say is this. Why did she invite Jesus into her home in the first place if she was troubled? 
Could it have been that she was so insecure and she's been walking with this Jesus and she wanted to uh, um, be rewarded for her serving? Your motive matters. If you inviting someone in with the sole purpose to feed them so that you can look good versus being honest with yourself and saying, I got to go book by his feet because I'm troubled. You think that we're going to be healed because if I show God my treasure, then he will. No, no. Show God your troubles. Forget your talents. Forget your treasures. Show God your troubles. Mary said, look, I might be talented. I might have treasures to deposit in you, Jesus, but I'm troubled. Right. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled by many things. She should have been the first one at his feet. The right. most anxious and troubled one. But many people think that serving is therapeutic. Forget these little therapies. Forget about all these. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm sure. What's these people called? Therapists are. But but if how are you going to go to a man if you can't go to the spirit of God in his word? This whole therapy culture, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with therapy, but it cannot be an idol. It cannot be a God. You can't have all these different outlets as your this will save me. No, much serving keeps you still troubled. Well, man. you know. That's so good, man. I, I, you know, one, one thing on that therapy thing is this. Listen, let me tell you what the answer to every problem is. And uh, let me tell you something. Let me tell you how profound this is. Ready? It's yeah. so simple. It's so simple. It's profound. You're ready to hear the answer to every problem. You tell me. You tell me. I'm, I'm telling you right now, if you're tuning in, I'm going to give you the answer to every single problem that you have. Every single one, no matter what it is. It's one answer. You ready? Christ likeness. That's real. That's it. Christ likeness is the answer to every single problem. Name one problem you have that Christ likeness doesn't solve. Not a single one. Because Jesus knows how to handle everything. Christ likeness, meaning as I'm becoming more like Christ. So why did I say that? What is Mary doing at the feet of Jesus? You become like the person you're spending time with. That's real. Martha is all around Jesus. But Mary is at the feet of Jesus. Mm. She is being changed by him and becoming like him because she's sitting and listening to her teacher. So when she sits and listens and she and his words and his wisdom and his spirit are imparted to her, she becomes more Christ-like so that the troubles that she's dealing with, because we know that she did, is all of a sudden going to be solved, whereas Martha is trying to solve it by being busy. And she's so busy, she doesn't even see the moment. She She's missing it. She's like, the answer to all of your problems are right in front of you, and you don't even see it. It's literally sitting in your living room. So let's say that you have a million dollars debt, and a billion dollars is sitting in your living room, and you're concerned about how the drapes look and the smell of the chicken. Do you see how foolish it is? That's exactly what Martha is doing. She has a hundred million dollar debt. There's a billion dollars in there in the living room. And she's concerned about which side of the plate to put the forks and the knives. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And that's exactly what she's going through. Whereas Mary's like, oh my goodness, I got a $500 million debt. Let me go lay down at the feet of Jesus. I need help. You know, she just wants to spend time. And I was going to say, um, my second point was this. Uh, you're so busy, you miss your moment. Uh, meaning being present with the things that are priorities. So what I mean by that is yeah. this. Yeah. I, 
I saw a picture the other day, um, and and these people were in a crowd, and there was an older lady in the middle, and there were several people around her, and there was an event going on. And the lady was looking at the event, but all the people around her, guess what they were doing? They were looking at their phone. Wow. The old lady was the only one that was present in the situation. Mm. We have got to turn, especially the way that the world is going with technology and social media and everything that's going on. We are so guilty of never being present in the moment. Because we're so busy doing other things that we don't realize how important the moment is. Man. And so we become enamored with all these things that we the reason why we don't have joy sometimes is because we're focused on everything but the but the prince of joy. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. we get so busy with everything. You know, it's like it's like I'll give you a perfect example because like kids, they always tell you the truth. And maybe you go through this with your nephew and just other little kids in general. They know when you're paying attention and when you're not. Man, they, they know when they are, uh, I, I get, the word I would use is appreciated, if that makes sense. They know when they're being appreciated. But I'll tell you what, they also know when you're paying attention to something and not to them. And they'll say, Dad, why are you on your phone? I'm talking to you. Didn't you hear what I said? Mm. Dad, didn't you do this? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I have to, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. And I have to put my phone down. Ask for forgiveness and then and then and sit there and listen and pay attention. Because you know, as I used to read statistics and they said on average a father speaks to their children uh, uh, for, uh, for their children in America, on average, a minute and 30 seconds a day. What? A minute and 30 seconds a day. Whoa. That's how much time they spend actually engaged in actual like wow. paid attention communication with their children, fathers. You know, uh, the reason why that stood out to me is because when I was in college, I I took Hebrew um, at at ORU. Mm -hmm. And my teacher, uh, she, I I looked up to her so much. I took her for three semesters. Her dad, so she grew up in Israel, but she was American. And so she understood both cultures, which was amazing. That's why we were able to pick up the language so easily. But she, um, she said her dad, he was a scientist by day, but he was an underground pastor at night because they were being persecuted in Jerusalem or wherever they were at over in Israel by uh, other groups because they were Christian. But do you know what she said? She said her and her two siblings all served the Lord even as they were older. And I said, what was the secret? And she said, you know what? Anytime I went to my father, no matter what he was doing, no matter what he was doing, whether it was work or ministry, whatever it was, he always stopped and talked to us if we needed him, no matter what. And he, she said, as a result, we felt important. And that's why we we trusted him and we respected him and we all served the Lord when we got older. And that always stuck with me because I was like, man, if Jesus knows that you prioritize him, if he knows that you're paying attention to him, that you give him the time that he actually deserves and you want to spend time and you're truly doing that, it it begins to permeate every area of your life. It, it's like, even, even like when Jesus is talking to you, don't you feel important whenever he's speaking to you? And so it's the same thing with children. <clears throat> they feel appreciated when they know we're paying attention, but we're so busy doing all these other things that we don't relax. And that's a problem in our culture because, you know, if you go to another culture, like overseas, like as you know, Joanne, my wife, 
for those of you that don't know, is um, her parents are from Tanzania, which is East Africa. So on the other side, and Ezzy, I know you're from Nigeria, which is West. But like, and there's similar things there too. But like, for instance, they're way more laid back. And, and it's like, they appreciate time with family. And they understand that time is important to spend with family. Whereas in America, <clears throat> why we think that time is not important is because we think that providing for our children and getting money is the most important thing. So in other words, it's not like they're doing it because they think they're doing something bad, but they're, but it's, it, their priorities are wrong because it doesn't matter how much money you have. If at the end of the day, I'm not saying don't provide for your children. You should be doing mm -hmm. that. But I'm saying it doesn't matter how much money you have at the end of the day. If your kids are going to hell because they can't have a conversation with you, it does not matter. It doesn't matter if you have the best house in the world. If you die and go to hell, does it matter? It does not matter. And so if you're not spending time and doing the right thing and being in the moment and paying attention, you'll miss so many opportunities. Ezzy, I'll let you go. I, yeah. No, that was good, man. I don't think we understand how our attention is currency. You hear the phrase, pay attention. Yes. Whatever you pay attention to, ask what's the ROI? What's the return on that investment? If you, as a man, I think about that, like my younger niece, like she's a talker, which is a great thing. God's going to, God's going to use her in mighty ways. But as, as her uncle, I have to pay attention because if not, I don't want, I don't want those words to be in the ears of a man who truly don't want her. You see what I'm saying? What's the return yep. on my paid attention? Like most people understand men and women understand if you don't pay attention to what's it, that's within your uh, um, proximity, you're going to have to pay detention fees. Like you're going to have to pay for that thing to get out of detainment, get out of detention. <clears throat> and all of a sudden now, because you wasn't on watch, now demons are infested in your homes. Uh, um, demons are, are tormenting your children. And because time goes like this, about time you look up, they're 14. About time you look up, they're 21. And about time you look up, you have to look at what you looked over. Oh my God. My God. Hey, you're, you're, you're gonna have to look at what you looked over. So you better look at it right now before you have to you look at something that you know now. You think you embarrassed now? Wait till wait till they come out with a different lifestyle. Sexuality done changed. And all of a sudden they're looking at you, and now you're looking at them like, whoa, what did I do? You wasn't present in the moment and stop trying to save moments through your phones and embrace the moments that God saved you to enjoy. Ezzy, listen to this. Yes, listen. sir. Man, what you said sparked something. I said, what you don't pay attention to, someone else will. Oh, man. And the devil pays attention. Yes. If you don't pay attention, someone else will. A hundred percent. Man, that and is... Thing, and the thing about it is... If you don't pay the highest price of attention, then they'll then someone who's offering twenty cents for their attention, they'll fall for that because because you ain't paid the price on the front end. You gotta let them know, like Jeff said, that they're important, that their that their time is valuable, that 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 their body is valuable, that their mind is valuable, so that when someone wants to throw two dollars at them, they know that's beneath them. When someone wants to say, "I'll pay this much attention to you," that's cheap attention. I don't want that attention because I was groomed and trained to, to distinguish between the what's good attention and what's bad attention. And I'm telling you, <clears throat> so because we set up our people because of our lack of focus. 
Now, all of a sudden, now you got your wife in tempting situations because her own man won't talk to her. Now you got your daughter in tempting situations because you didn't pay no attention. Now your son is in tempting unnecessary situations because you're not willing to pay attention. My wife just said it. You must keep watch. Watch and pray lest you and them fall into temptation. You have to watch. And if you don't want to watch, don't make them. You know what I'm saying? Don't get married if you're not ready to watch. I have to watch everything. There's things that a man picks up on that a woman can't pick up on. Right. There's things a woman can pick up on that a man, it's a village. A village has to watch. That's right. And say, baby girl, no, you can't wear that. Why? This is why. We live in a jacked up world with some creeps. Right. (laughs) So we must keep watch. This ain't no, well, I'll watch till she's 13. Nah, man. Um, it's just it's just it's too dangerous not to be present now because you don't even know what they're swiping on on their phone. You don't know what your loved ones are engaged in. And about time you look up off the second, third, fourth, fifth thing on your priority list, <clears throat> that thing that deserve your premium attention suffocates. Well, it's like if you don't make something a precedent now, it's Man. not going to. It's like I tell my kids, listen. A college never looks at your elementary grades, but the work ethic that you develop in elementary school carries you all the way to That's college. Right. That's right. Because if I don't have a good work ethic when I'm in first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade. I'm probably not going to have a good work ethic when I'm getting into high school. And that is the time that the college looks. But they think that it's just about high school. It's not. It's what you did all the way before that nobody else saw. Remember, the college did not see your elementary and middle school, but it's it's what you did while you were in the dark working. That 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 work ethic that you built during that time that will be the determining factor of how well you do in what is seen. So if I don't set a precedent when it does not matter, quote unquote, meaning when they're five and six and seven and eight and nine. If I don't set the president as a good father with that little girl or that little boy, then when it comes to a place where they are in a situation where it becomes a problem, it's too late. Too That's late. why y'all are trying to solve a problem that, that you, you, you're coming at it from a problem. Me and Ezzy are saying to you, you should be starting before it's a problem. You okay. should be establishing precedent before it's a problem. So that when the problem arises, it's so easy to snuff out and judge. Because like as he said, if I have a billion dollars, if daddy has a billion dollars, you think my little girl's going to accept a $2, uh, uh, $2 bill? No, there's no way in the world she would ever accept that. That would be foolishness. But here's the problem. If she didn't know that you had a billion dollars and you waited to the last minute and all of a sudden said you had something, but you didn't actually have it, all of a sudden she, that $2 bill looks kind of nice because she's been dealing with 20 cents, like you said, as because the, the principle was not established early on because you thought it only needed to be worked when everything was seen, but it needed to be worked in the dark when it was unseen. That's what Mary's doing. She's in the roots. She's down in the dark. He said, even Martha said, don't you see, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Why? Because Mary's down in the basement. She's working in the dark, establishing something quietly when there's no noise. But Martha's up making a bunch of noise and creating a bunch of problems. And then all of a sudden she doesn't have anything on the inside to deal with what she's going through because she only deals in the scene. God wants us to deal with the unseen so that when it manifests, we can address it immediately. And that's where I think a lot of people miss it and where Mary is definitely hitting it in the target. She's establishing something 
when when she's not she's not she's dealing with Jesus and she's spending time with Jesus before all the noise. Martha is only going to Jesus when the problem's already there. And that's why I feel bad for Martha because probably the culture <laughs> she was brought up in. Right. She was probably the reason why she didn't know what to do. The reason why she was confused because maybe that's what the Pharisees expected from her. Right. See, the issue is some parts of our culture, even in Christian, says work, then get worth. Right. Versus worth, working from worth. They're right. working like, oh, look, God will see me in my working. God will notice me by me, my giving and my my sowing and my and my serving, that he'll notice me then. No, no, no. Don't do stuff to be noticed. Put yourself on notice. God, I listen, search me, oh God. Take my heart of stone and make it to a heart of flesh. I know I'm worth. Like that's why, I like for um children and people, period. I have here that that the more that you, like Jeff said, about the billion dollars, right? Like I have to train young people to understand that nobody can outgive God. Right. When you know your worth in God, when your husband start acting unworthy, you don't lose your worth. Whatever you make your number one source of worth will determine your value. Right. Everything else up under God has a price on it. But when <clears throat> you know who you are in him, you're priceless. So that even if me as a father shows my children worth, I got to show them that you know who's worth more than what I'm giving you? Him. Yeah. So that they won't get set up in being dependent on me, dependent on some man, dependent on some system. They'll, they'll know God for themselves. And that's why that portion was not going to be taken from her. Like, what are you missing out on right now that was going to be something that you're going to have to eat off of 20 years from now? There's portions that if we get in his presence, that will sustain us through persecution. That portion will sustain us through prosperity. It will sustain us because we know he is our portion. Right. But if you don't have that, man, you're setting yourself up to be vastly disappointed, vastly uh, 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 messed up, man. And that's all my points on that, Jeff. I know you had a second thing, but I'm I'm done. This text, I, I'm not going to labor on this one no more because, no, man, it's so much in there. No, I don't, I don't have any more second thing. I just love what you just said about, um, and I'll, I'll just finish with this too. Like your value doesn't come from your works because you are valuable. You don't work to obtain value. You are mm -hmm. valuable. That's why you work. See wow. the difference? That's real. You don't work to obtain value. You are valuable. Therefore you work. That's the difference. And so, um, that's powerful. Like I think, yeah, it, our value isn't in what we do. It, our value is in what Christ did. That's it. So, yeah, that's good. If we want to do a Q&A for a little bit and then we'll do our. Thing. Yeah, yeah. If y'all have any questions, go ahead and post your questions, um, especially pertaining to what we discussed or just any question. We have time, a little bit of time, but uh, we have, what, 29 people watching right now from Facebook to YouTube. So for those individuals who's watching right now. Uh, um, if you have a question about anything, go ahead and post it. We'll take maybe two or three questions and then get into our, our food segment. For the <coughs> but yeah, that was powerful, man. Yeah, that's what I, I tell people, man. Do not speed <coughs> when you read. Do not yeah. speed when you read, man, because you'll miss out on, like, man, We you, you could preach off this for, for weeks, man. Yeah. 
I think that this is so important, especially for our particular culture, our American culture, where we're always so busy. Mm -hmm. I think uh, I I think anybody can. I benefited from this personally. Me too, man. Like like, just right. God dealt with me today, man. Being transparent, like I'm such a doer, man. Like like I I feel Martha. Like I'm like a I'm a Mary Martha Ezzy. You know what I'm saying? Like I got a little bit of Mary. I got a little bit of Martha. And yeah, and God is looking at me like, yo, Josh, you've been asking for a break. Why won't you take a full break? <clears throat> take a break from ministry. Like, like YouTube gonna be okay. You know, I got you. You don't gotta worry about you know uh, uh, developing. I was like, oh, I could develop card games on my break. I could do. I could start my new book. And God's like, bro, you don't know what I got assigned for you in the next phase of your life. Rest, because the journey is long. You know, and so God just was like, "Man, you rest." I do that all the time. I'm such I I'm a, a worker, and I have to remember be in the moment and relax and relax, my, man. And so, so my I, taking God up on His offer, man. And I'm just gonna rest. And if He wants me to do a message, cool. If He doesn't, cool. But I'm 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 resting, bro, because we don't know what 2021 is gonna look like. If 2020, well, I know what 2021 is gonna be for me and my family, and I know for you. But we it's don't gonna know. Sure. It's gonna work out for our good, no matter what. <clears throat> we just yep. got to make sure that we're we're rested for everybody else who's stressing, who's connected to yep. us. You know. All right, we got questions. Yep, I think we got uh, two. I think we do. We got two. Yep. All right, T- uh, Tamara Porter says, "Hey, coach, I had a dream about a month ago. I prayed <clears> God, <throat> asked him what my purpose is, and I and I dreamt of me casting out demons at the bottom of the stairs. Do you know what this means?" My wife is a dream interpreter. Like my wife is gifted at that. If you ask me about dreams, you know, that's just not my gifting. Um, but but um, what I would tell you to give you advice is write your dream down in a book, put it on the shelf and say, God, I believe that I received confirmation this dream is for if it's from you. If it was indigestion, God, let me know. You know, you'll never know. It could be gassed up, you know. But but <clears throat> I would just I would just write in a journal, be very detailed. And the great thing about it, Holy Spirit knows, and just say, Holy Spirit, I'm not going to stress about this dream. I'm not going to worry about it. I know you're going to let me know the meaning of it. But as far as a dream interpreter, that's just not my lane. I couldn't tell you what it means, but my wife could. And, and she ain't coming on here. <laughs> you know, she, uh, she might, but no, nah, she, she's resting. My wife need to rest too. I mean, what you think? Go ahead, bro. You, are you good? Is that your gifting? So Joanne is the one that dreams, and sometimes God gives me the interpretation, but what I would say is this, I'm not giving interpretation, but what I will say is this. Um, when I saw this, the, the very first word I thought of was intercession. Hmm. Um, and when you said the bottom of the stairs, you start from the ground up. What hmm. that means is that you get into your prayer closet, begin to devote more time to the Lord and to pray. And then the deliverance ministry will come later. And maybe God will open up a door for you to be under uh, somebody who operates in deliverance, but I would say at the very least, uh, start in prayer and fellowship with the Lord, just like Mary do exactly what Mary did. Spend time with the Lord and spend time in lots of prayer. And and I'll just leave it at that. I'm not interpreting your dream. I'm just telling you that from face value, if God is calling you into deliverance, which to be honest with you, he calls every Christian. There's not a Christian on earth that shouldn't be able to cast out demons. Not a single one. It's right. Because remember, in the the last chapter of Mark, 
uh, I think it's chapter 16, he says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall mm -hmm. cast out demons in my name. You know, so, and they shall take up any deadly thing and shall not harm them. So, you know, um, just pray and see and see what God is leading you to do. The good thing is God doesn't just give one drink. He gives multiple to confirm the word. So That's I'll true. just leave it that. Yeah. Great stuff, man. Jamila, uh, she says she's dealing with constant mental warfare. What am I doing wrong? Hmm. I, I I would say um, I'll just speak from personal. And Ezzy, I think you can yeah. speak from personal experience. Yeah, for sure. Um, so there are things that I wouldn't necessarily say you're doing something wrong. Don't start out from that perspective. Start off with what do I need to do right? Okay. What do I need to do? It's, it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It just means that maybe you're not doing what, what you're, what you don't know what to do. Okay. Not knowing what to do doesn't mean you're doing something wrong out of like a bad area. But what I would say is this, where are your thoughts dwelling? Because the Bible says to take every thought captive. Every, what, what is captivity? Captivity is jail. So any thought that is against the word of the Lord, for instance, if you're being attacked about debt, right, Ezzy? So the Lord, the devil's attacking you about debt. Well, you know that the scripture says that he supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. If the Lord gave you a word, he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. So are you dwelling on what the uh, the enemy is saying? Or are you dwelling on what God is saying? And I'll just, I'll leave it this because, Ezzy, I want you to speak. But something, yeah, excuse me, someone said a long time ago that really blessed me was this. Whatever you feed will grow. Whatever you starve will die. You need to be careful that you don't mix those two up because you could be feeding negative thoughts and starving God's word. You That's should true. be feeding yourself God's word and starving those negative thoughts because eventually they become malnourished and they'll die. And so I would, I, from my perspective, I think I could go into a lot more, but I will say that personally, I'm just going to say this because I think Ezzy will have a lot to say as well, is that what you dwell on is the number one thing I would say, like be very careful what you dwell on. So what do I mean by that? If you're dealing with fear, you need to open up your Bible, look up every scripture on fear. If you're dealing, if you're dealing with whatever it is, you need to look up every scripture and read that and go through it and meditate on it and chew on it and marinate in it. Like as he has said in the past and, and, and begin to dwell on those things. Every time a thought comes up that is contrary, you take it captive and replace it with God's word. Go ahead. Yeah, man. One thing I like to worry about the word dwell is the word well in it. You have to you have to audit the well. What are the contaminants of the things that you're dwelling in? What are the entry points have you allowed demons to cause torment? The Bible says fear has torment. There's something that you're probably afraid of because they attack at their points of fear and they avoid our points of faith. They don't attack you in your areas where you are the strongest. They're going to go to the very area that you are afraid. Ask yourself, am I afraid? What am I afraid of? Something with 2020? Is it coronavirus? Is it about family? Is it about uh, opportunity that was lost? Because they're going to, if you, if you don't protect, they will infest. If you don't guard your home for from infestation, critters are going to find their way in. Demons are going to find their way in. So what you got to ask yourself, okay, what, what holes in my life have not been patched up? Do you not know a mouse can come with, can, can enter at one fourth of an inch, right? So 
even if it's a small area, demons know how to get through there. If they smell food, which is fear, fear is their food. If they can smell that, they will find a way in. That's why I got to say, okay, what areas of my life has not been guarded by God's, uh, okay, she, she, she posted it. She said, not getting my dream career is the fear. Listen, oh. <clears throat> there's a difference between calling and career. Yes. A career would get you but so far, but your calling can get you throughout your whole life. We're supposed to be, as believers, we're supposed to be working for fulfillment, not retirement. So don't worry about your dream career. What is God's real calling? Like, like career is cool. And you got you to gotta audit your heart, my friend. Why do you want this dream career? Is it because there's something you love to do? Is it because you want to show people that you made it? You got to find the real motive. Because if your motive is not strictly in giving God glory through your gifting, then you're going to get trapped in these cultural uh, 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 internal dialogues that we have in regards towards, oh, uh, this dream career will get me this, or this dream career will make me look like this. And we get so caught up on what we will receive from it and how it makes us look that we forget about God's glory no matter where we are. And how do we not know that, um, like, I didn't know school was my dream career. What was my dream career at 19, at 17, was the NBA. Am I in the <laughs> league? So dreams change. I didn't know, <clears throat> like, if you would have asked me that, that I was going to be in a school system without a college degree as a counselor, if you would have told me that, like, sometimes you got to keep following God and find God's dream because what you think like the league wasn't for me, you know, or or other things that I want to do wasn't for me. There was a point that I wanted to be a banker. What? No. <laughs> but I realized the more I got closer to the one who is real and who has a real vision for me, let's get out of the dream realm and get into vision. What is actually what he wants you to see outside of your brain to say, you know what? See what I got for you. So don't worry about your dream career. Like, like, like who cares? Because how God knows, man, when he's coming back in the way the world we living in right now, we may not have time for dream careers if we're really keeping the buck. But if you in the midst of, of God, man, you don't, you, there's no fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. If you know that God loves you, you know he'll lead and guide you through all truth and he'll supply all your needs, according to riches and glory. And that one day you'll grow up and say, wow, what I thought I wanted to do was not what he actually had for me to do. Yeah, I was just going to say real quick, um, if God is in that career, meaning that's your calling, you will, he will bless it and you will not have to kick down a single door. You'll walk no sweat. If it is something that is in you, but not from him, you will work harder than you ever have in your life. So what I mean by that is this, pray and see if your dream career is your calling. If it's your calling, you don't, I've never had to kick down a door that God wanted me to go through. Oh, I, it was already you. open. I just walked in. I'm telling you, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you don't work hard with what he gives you. But I'm saying I never had to open up the door myself. Whereas if it's something that I wanted to do, but he wasn't in it, I'd have to kick down the door. And it usually works out in the, a terrible way. So I just I'm, say that pray and see what God has. And if he has it for you, there's no demon in hell that can keep you from going to where God has called you. At like, all, I, ever. Like, like we said before, rest at his feet. Yes. V confess your fears, vent your fears. Audit your fears. Get into the word of God and, and, and attack that area with the word of God. Those are your own weapon. 
right? And then flow with him. I'm telling you, we're telling you from experience. As you go down to her, she has two more things. Okay. And I, to clarify, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, she said she just got rejected from an interview. That door oh. just wasn't for you. Yeah. I love witnessing and teaching on God's word, but worried about income. Listen, okay. we Don't are not from this. Yes, Jeff, go ahead. I, I was, I, you know, if God can take care of the sparrows who take care of you, That's I, right. I, what I'm getting at is this. It doesn't matter whether you're in ministry or you're not, whether you're Christian or you're not. Anybody who has a passion towards something, money will always come to it, no matter what, every single time. One thing that I would encourage you, um, if God calls you to it, he will supply it because it's his calling. So he will provide all that. And I'll just leave it at that. I wouldn't worry about income. I worry about being in God's will. That's what I would worry <laughs> Yeah, like, like, like I'm telling you, money never chase money. Money will chase you. <laughs> I'm telling you, God, God money chases mission. Yeah. If you're pursuing your mission that God has given, put you put you on, money will find you. God will always fund a mission, especially if it's rooted in the commission. I'm telling let, you. Let me, let me say it like this real quick, and I, I, I we can go out after this, but like. I just want to share a personal testimony that happened just, and I don't usually share this stuff, but I'm going to share it publicly. My wife and I felt led to bless somebody for uh, Christmas. Okay. Um, it's not someone who's close to us, but it's someone that we know. And we gave, we gave a, a significant amount to them and we just blessed them, uh, handed them the card and walked away. Um, two days later, we got an email from a social media thing that we used to do that we've shut down and they're like, Oh, we owe you some money. Do you know that it was almost the exact amount to the dollar? Uh, we got back two days later, exactly what we had given before. I, I, I that happens all the time with, with my wife and I, uh, he always provides like, it just happens supernaturally. What, what I'm saying to you is this, if God is in it, he'll provide for it. God led us both to do that. Two days later, uh, God provided. Now here's the, here's the thing that you, you don't know. So we have a new puppy and he has an ear infection in both ears and he, he was having issues. Um, as you can speak something, cause I think your thing went mute. Oh, um, there we go. Yeah, it was mute. My bad. But, um, anyway, we got a new puppy. And so, uh, uh, th this week we, I just took him to the vet to check on him and, uh, he had two ear infections. They gave us medicine. The amount that we gave, the amount that we got back was the exact same amount that it cost for the vet. So the money was there. So we gave and then God gave us the money and we were able to pay for the vet, which was which was a high amount. You know, so what I'm saying is like God perfect that which concerns you. He knows and he has an abundant supply. So don't worry about income. God will always provide for you. And I have a million other stories that maybe me and Ezzy will share because he does, too. But where we can do another podcast, as in maybe we can do like a testimony podcast where we talk about yeah. different testimonies, and we'll, we'll do just that. do that like a whole hour. Like we can just so talk about encouraging, so we can encourage you and let you know yes. you'll never lose following God, man. He yeah. said, "I never seen a righteous for second, nor nor his seed begging bread." Yeah. I'm telling you, man, coach. You see how big coach is. Exactly. You know Jeff filling up too. He feeds as well. He takes care of us. That's why I wasn't worried about, you know, and that's why I know you want to be a witness. You want to witness and you teach God's word. If you if you're afraid of income when it comes into ministry, the money and ministry can't be it can't be at odds. You see what I'm saying? Okay. You got to know that I'm doing this for God and God will provide.
hope they help. Kristen says, I, I, I don't want her to think we skipped her. How do you discern what work or opportunities promotions are from him? Great question. How do you discern what work opportunities promotion are from him? Um, simply put, man, um, the more you engage with God, I'm telling you a sense of discerning. You would know. Um, the more you know him, the more you know things. The more you know him, the know the more you're going to know how to move. It, I know that sounds whatever, but like we've been talking about for the last two or three weeks, you got to make time with God. Now, if you're dealing with the promotion right now, if they're pressing you and stressing you about it, you only accept promotions on your terms. What I mean by terms, on your time, not your terms, terms and time. And, and, and if you say, hey, give me some time to think about this because you want to make sure you're in the will of God. And you got to really, but I know, I'm, we all know this. Even when we was babes in the faith, deep down inside, we knew this got in the way. This got in the way. This got in the way from what's in our belly, right? You got to, you got to say, okay, you know, I think you already know. It's just that this, oh, but it pays this. Oh, but I feel like this here. What does your belly say? And we ain't yeah. talking about your indigestion. We're talking about <clears throat> your knower. Everybody has a note. Well, every Christian, you're right. Every Christian has a knower. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, well, okay, but maybe she's talking about the process of discerning opportunities yeah. or whatnot. Yeah, I, I would say this. I'm not going to give advice. I'm just going to tell you very quickly what happened to me about two and a half years ago. My boss was getting a promotion, and essentially, she she wanted me to take her job and I prayed and did not have peace about it. And my wife prayed and did not have peace about it. And it was a very good promotion. Okay. But I prayed and didn't have peace about it. Long story short, I applied for another job. Didn't get it. But the lady was so impressed with the interview. Three weeks later, she sent me a private message and said, Hey, I know two jobs are coming up. Can I recommend them personally to the manager for you on your behalf? Wow. <clears throat> and so here's the thing. So I did that and I got that job. Well, guess what? Right after that, about a year later, almost my 70% of that entire department got laid off and their and their job sent to India. So I potentially would have lost my job had I stayed in that position. So I'm just telling you, that's why you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Like Ezzy and I do not have formulas. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show you and give you, because remember, the, Paul, I think it was in the book of Acts, said there was a way that was open unto us, but it didn't seem right. Yes. Even though it was promotion, he said it didn't seem right. And that is how it was. My wife and I were both in agreement that we didn't feel right. And look, two years later, so I'll just leave it like that. I think we And sometimes the fruit of obedience is not recognized till years later. Yes. So and you, it wasn't recognized till years later. That's exactly right. So Jeff had to look at that position probably look at her, buy new things, probably had to watch, watch that new manager live a certain type of life for two years. Sometimes the reason for your obedience is not evident in the current season, but right. time will always prove yeah. God right. I'm telling you, that's why insight is 2020. People think hindsight is 2020. That is true, but insight is 2020. If I look right. inside and ask the Holy Spirit, what do you see? Right. Even, even if it's not seen years later, what we're trying to say is we cannot give you five points if you can't take care of the. I'm not talking about you personally, but I'm talking about if we do not just say, you know what, God, I'm going to just steal my life, flow with you 
and trust your leading. And yep. the rest will take care of itself. We're just telling you exactly. that. Exactly. You just listen to the Holy Spirit and whether the answer comes right away or later on. You know, Ezzy, I'll just interrupt real quick and say yeah. this. One, one time when Ethan, my, my, he's my now 12-year-old, when he was one oh, years old, do you know he's 12? I know it freaks me out. He rode in the front seat with me in the car today. I about died. Anyway, so anyway, wow. <laughs> so anyway, because you know, you know, he's old enough. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, when he was one, Joanne was in her room and the Holy Spirit spoke to her and said, Look in Ethan's mouth out of out of out of the blue, out of nowhere. She's like, What? She went over and opened up his mouth. Do you know what was in his mouth? What was that? Her engagement ring. What? She had taken it off to do something, and he went and got it and put it in his mouth. And the Holy Spirit spoke immediately and said, go look in your son's mouth out of wow. nowhere. She didn't it even see him. He wasn't acting different. He wasn't doing anything. He was just sitting there doing nothing. And he's like checking his mouth. She opened. There's the, So sometimes they come right away. But that's why we keep telling y'all, because we've experienced that when you listen to the Holy Spirit, it is much more important than any points or any book that any big name preacher is going to give to you. The yeah. Holy Spirit knows more than all of them. He's the one that you need to run to and have peace about, and you need to listen to him. If you if you set that precedence in your life right now, the rest of your life will be smooth. I, I, I'm telling you, no matter what house, no matter what land, no matter what decision you got to make at hand, I'm telling you, when you set that precedent now and you really feel the Holy Spirit, everything becomes easier when it comes to decision making because it's not on you to make the decision. Right. I'm being led. <laughs> so the Holy <laughs> Spirit says, no, you got to be able to say no to everything. If you're whatever you're not willing to say no to will slow you and will probably have you messed up, man. So you got to be able to say, God, I love nothing more than you right. because I'll take I'll wait till I hear from you, no matter how much they're paying money and always. I'm telling you, man, what it is. So true. This is something I had to repent of being a workaholic because my demons to. Oh, oh, you talking about another? Okay, oh, good, good, good. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, if you guys get up to question, what's your take on Jeremiah ten? People often say this is relating to the Christmas tree. Um, I don't know anything about that, but you, Sean, on your prior message when you said my demons, don't say that. Yeah, they're not. They're not your demons. Don't. They're you know. So. Oh, she said many demons. Oh, okay, I just said my demons. Yeah, calls oh, many okay, okay, okay. I was like, oh, don't do that. Okay, good. I'll look at <laughs> Jeremiah 10. I think there is there was pagan, I think they did used to do trees in their houses, but yeah. uh I'll look into that for you. I don't know anything on top of the dome to give to yeah. give insight on. Uh Natalie says, I thought I wanted to be a dentist, and after working in the field, I hate it. I'm telling you, you thought you think you think, and sometimes what you think calls you to sink. Just got rejected. Oh, gotcha. We already did that one. And then, uh, yeah. God can tell you about your career. Is it better to ask him then? Oh, yeah. It's better to it's ask definitely. him to have regrets. I'm telling you. That is 100%. Jeff is rejoicing now. Yes. He would have had a lot of money those two years. Yep. But, you know. <clears throat> Antsy says, how can I know if I'm where I'm supposed to be? Sometimes I feel like I'm making mistakes left and right and don't know if I'm operating within God's will. Well, the first off, the Bible says the will of God is your sanctification. <clears throat> Everything starts from there. Reverence leads you to resting for God to renew you. The will of God sanctification means the more you allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify different areas of your life or give wisdom to you about certain areas of life and change certain areas of your life, the clearer you become to what's of God and not of God. 
And you couple with the sanctification process with scriptures that are very specific about the the the, the overarching things you may be facing or the specific things that you may be facing so that you're able to grow into being a better decision maker, operating within the will of God. But if you allow God to sanctify areas of your life and you self-assess and, and allow God to sanctify those areas that have been calling the trip up, maybe time management, maybe whatever it is, the weights <laughs> and sins, not everything you do is a sin, but it could be some things as a weight in your life. Um, but, um, if you can learn from your mistakes, you go ahead, Jeff. No, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm good. I, that was pretty much it. Okay. Uh, I was just saying, um, do the revealed will of God, and then the divine will will come to pass. That's right. Simple as so, that. You know you're supposed to go to church. You know you're supposed to pray. You know you're supposed to read your Bible. You know you're supposed to fellowship with him. You know, do those things, and the divine will will take will come to pass. So many people want the divine will, but they ignore the revealed will. I'm not saying you're doing that. But I'm saying a lot of people do that. They they ignore what God has revealed in his word because they want this like supernatural, like superstar kind of American dream type thing. Yeah. And I would just say just do God's revealed will and supernaturally he'll open up amazing doors. for you. Yeah, it's that simple. But And also with that, you know, you know where there's lacks of discipline in areas that you just you're not money management or time management. And that's what will help you with that. Guadalupe, did I say that right? Yeah. I can so relate with Martha. I have been dealing with so much spiritual warfare in my dreams that I'm afraid to dream. How can I overcome? We've been saying some things. Um, ah, spiritual warfare. I've been dealing with so much spiritual warfare. In my if you're dealing with spiritual warfare when you're dreaming, listen to worship before you go to bed. Demons hate worship. They hate it. I used to do, I used to get attacked in my dorm room, Ezzy, I think you know this. Yeah. I would literally wake up and my whole body would go into a coma. I could not move. Yeah. Finally, I could finally get my mouth open to say Jesus and it would stop. But what got it stopped is I started putting on worship to fall asleep to. That changed everything. Once I got stronger in the Lord, that stopped. You so, can also, you can also go to YouTube. This is what I used to do. Worship helped. But what I used to do also, they got this dramatized, the word of God dramatized. Go to YouTube and type in Matthew dramatized or Luke dramatized. They also got like um, like eight hours worth of like, uh, certain scriptures that they play with certain music. Um, you got to sanctify your home. And enemy, if, if an enemy, if you make your home where a, where the enemy doesn't feel like it's needed to leave, when en enemies knows... What any rodent, any anything knows when this home is off the market. Oh, they got a bunch of repellent, they okay. got a bunch of stuff. Well, okay, we can't we can't infest this place, right? So if you create a home, a culture, a life that worships God, demons will not stay there long. So you got to ask yourself, what are you listening to? What are you watching? Uh, um, what are you, who, what type of groups are you engaged in? Who are your friends? Who are the people that, what, what are they into? And allow the Holy Spirit to mark those things that says we need to keep, we need not, to not engage in these different things because in the engagement of those get into your subconscious, which floods into your dreams. And all of a sudden now demons are attacking you because you haven't set up and closed all the breaches. Also be careful what you listen to, uh, and what you watch. That's real. Secular wise. Be very yeah. careful what you watch on TV and what you listen to, what you allow into your house. 
Because I'll tell you what, the devil will try to get in there and change stuff if you, you, you allow him in. Jeff, people understand just how the devil works most in the innocence. Because when it's innocent, it's more receptive. <laughs> it's more received. So you have to understand that just because, like, even if you look at certain commercials, like they know how to use lighting and flickering and tones and frequencies to get you in. Like, you just got to be able to say, okay, if you feel this right here, turn it off, turn the channel, turn it off. But but you have to you have to allow your spirit to be sensitive, if that's a word. You have to sensitize your spirit now because it's. It, because the soul got so much junk, but the more you begin to let go of soulish things, the more empowered your spirit man becomes, the more sensitive it becomes. Like if you always listen to secular music or some people say secular, but if satanic music, whatever, <laughs> if you keep You're listening right. to Satan, no matter you could call it secular because then people get into technicalities of the word. No, satanic, anything that derives from satanic origins or satanic influence, right? Even Christian music comes from some satanic origins, right? <clears throat> But if you constantly listen to that, then you become familiar with it because in becoming familiar with it, you don't agree with the Holy Spirit to warn you in it. And then you become numb to it. Oh, there's nothing wrong with this. But the more you begin to remove those things, just like with food, if you don't eat sweets for a long period of time, what used to be sweet, sweet, just what used to be just sweet to you becomes super sweet now. Because your body's like, whoa, I used to eat that regularly and it didn't bother me. But now when you fasted from it, it's super sweet now because your body has become sensitive to it. The same is with, with these different things you engage in. When you engage in these different things, the reason why you don't feel bad about it and these Christians giving you clearances to do it because they don't feel bad about it. You don't go by your standards and what you feel bad or not because you may have become numb and dumb to it. But when you are talking to someone who's sensitive with certain things, they'll tell you what's demonic or not because they're not they're not so immersed in it that they're not that they 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 they're not well versed with it, and they're able to see this just ain't right. So remove those different things out of your home, make your spirit man sensitive, and allow the Holy Spirit to help you move and shake out here, and you'll know what not to listen to, what not to do, and watch your dreams not no longer be demonic and satanic in your life. Yeah, and just make sure you don't have any cracks in your armor. <clears throat> Spend time with That's the true. Lord. Yeah. Because if you are, I think she said, I'm so sensitive in the spirit. And I get that. If you're very sensitive, then make sure you're spending a lot of time with the Lord putting on the armor. Yeah. Jamila said, thank you, guys. This helps so much. I'm so glad. Testimony session will be dope. We'll probably do that soon. Uh, man, you got a lot of questions. We got to get to our last segment. Jeff, how you feeling? I'm fine. Maybe we can do. I think we already addressed like the uh, spiritual warfare dreams. Thank you guys so much. Um, I recognize instantly that a lot of fear and doubt to be able to do the job. Got you, Kristen. Uh, my wife is saying, "Amen." So true. Thank you for the insight. God, God gets the glory. Wow, Amen. I'm a single mom with a 15 year old, 12 year old, and a six year old. It is only us. I have begun <clears> to make some changes in our household. This year has been very. Uh, oh, because yeah. I'm so sensitive. Okay, got you. You're gonna be all right. God will God will fill that void. You're fine, my friend. Well, thank y'all for for trusting us with your questions. We really do hope and pray um, that you just do what we say in regards to going to the Spirit of God and just. I'm telling you, Jeff. I used to be <coughs> a guy that would try to give people formulas, but those don't work. those things don't work without the foundational principle. You no, see what no. I'm saying? It just doesn't. Now. Uh oh, we're gonna talk about. I'll let you do it, Jeff, because this is your time. No, go ahead. We're gonna do our top three favorite cookies. It's Christmas time. 
It's Christmas. Are we gonna do three, two, one? Yeah, three, two, one. So y'all, y'all know for those who's watching for the very first time, you know, Jeff and I, we love food, man. Like, like the first thing I'm gonna do after I cast my crowns before the Father mm-hmm. is I'm gonna worship through my eating. <laughs> While y'all out there jam, I'm just gonna be at the table eat my wings and just worship it. I'm gonna do my thing, but but I'm gonna worship him through eating. <clears throat> I already know that when I get to heaven, God's gonna dap me up. I'm gonna hug him. I'm gonna share some tears. I'm gonna cry, man. When I see my when I see my father, man, I'm gonna cry. And then I know my heavenly father gonna be like, son, I'm gonna take you where the waffles and wings are. My my God's a good good father. <clears throat> All right, number three. Man, I ain't even do my list, but I can. Oh yeah, I I know it off the top of my dome. My number three favorite cookie. Well, how did go ahead, Jeff? You're 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 doing types of cookies, not like a brand, right? Yeah, yeah, types of cookies, not brand. That's another. That's another topic. Yeah, because there are like certain like cookie shops that are amazing that I didn't do that. I did types of cookies. Okay. Some of y'all would be upset with me for this being so low on my list. But it's not number five or number seven on my list. But my number three favorite cookie cookie is chocolate chip. Co- hold on, hold on, hold on. Chocolate chip cookies number three. Okay, I love chocolate chip cookies. So my number three I love was them too, I love them too. But yeah, but my number three was um I don't know what they're called, but they're lemon cookies and they have like the powder on top. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like the cookies Bro, from Harris Teeter? If you don't go to Publix like I've told you 15 I, times. I, I went to Publix and got the brownies, but I think I got the wrong one. I got the one with the fudge icing. Was that the right one? Yes, with the nuts on top. No, I didn't get the or one with the nuts. Or you can get the one without the nuts. That's fine. Those things were good, bro. The ones I, with the fudge I, on top, right? I threw them away. Why? Because I was going to eat the whole thing. Exactly. I told you they're the best ever. Good. I, I, ate, I, ate, I ate two. I looked at it. It's the chocolate one with the with the chocolate icing on top, yes. right? I sat in public's parking lot. I ate one brownie, right? I said, wow, Jeff wasn't lying. I said, hey, how do I know if it's really good until I try number two? I tried the second one, Jeff. Did you buy the I, one with the four pack? It was a six pack. Okay, yes, okay. So what I did no, was I immediately after eight eating this. Go ahead, Jeff. It was an eight or a four? I think it was eight. It was eight. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's the big thing. Yeah. I ate I ate the second one. Yep. I unlocked my door, went right to the trash can, and threw them away. I told you they're the best ever, aren't I? I said, you know what? I don't even want to go back in there and get my money back. I threw those brownies away because I said I have to see myself doing this as an accountability. Oh those brownies that good, man. And plus, my, my wife was out shopping and stuff, so I was going to be alone with those brownies for a long period. See, see, if I would have if I would have kept them in the car or kept them in the house, they all would have been gone. Yeah, that's how good they are, though, aren't they? Huh? I said, that that's how really, good they're they too dangerous, man. They too dangerous. Yeah, I told you the best. I told you, Publix brownies are hands down the best I've ever. had. They're amazing. Uh, so mine are like they make a lemon cookie. That the, ones is like, Teeter, the ones at Harris Teeter. The free ones? I, I, no, I don't know. I used to go Harris Teeter in Charlotte, but I don't know what kind of cookies they have. Oh, this oh, one's I'm, at Publix. Um, exactly, exactly, Brittany. Thank my, you. Are you my, sure to send them to Atlanta? See, I'm Now I'm in trouble. Okay. Exactly. I yeah. agree with her. All right. So um, 
My number three is lemon. They're lemon cookies, but I don't know what they're called, but they're lemon Mom cookies. Says, she said, is it tart lemon cookies? It's something like that. Shalanda, hey, yeah, I know Shalanda. She's a good friend of, of my wife and I. Um, Shalanda, they're the ones from Publix that have the uh, they're lemon and then they have like the powder on top kind of. I can't remember what they're called, though. I'll think of them and, and if we could talk about it next time because I want you to get those next and we'll see. Yeah, but number three is chocolate chip cookies and an honorable mention cookie, which is number four is uh uh oatmeal raisin cookies. Oh no, I can't get down with that. I get down with them. See, see, Jeff, when you grew up in a single parent home like I did, yeah, we got it was hood, it was hood cookies, man. Oh, what's them hood cookies that was in that long strip and it was like uh brown with the white flat icing on top of it, a hard icing. Anyway, number two, my number. What's y'all? What's y'all's number three? What's y'all's number three cookies? Aztec cookies are bomb. I never heard that. What's Aztec cookie? Let me see. Let me I don't know. Aztec. Oh, Aztec cookies. All right. So you had chocolate chip. I had lemon. So what's your? Uh, uh oh, sorry. What's your number two? My number two will probably have to be the macadamia nut cookies. Joanne likes those. The macadamia cookies with the with the with the what's that cream cheese in it? Yeah, it's like a, I think it's like white chocolate and the macadamia nuts or whatever it is. Yeah, I know what you're talking that, about. That that might be number one, man. Joanne loves those ones. Those are sugar cookies are her favorite. Man, that might be number one. My number two is chocolate chip. That's not so bad. that was your number three. Chocolate chip was my number two. I can't wait. I can't wait to tell you my number one. You probably don't even know what it is, but I you hope you it's, it's, it's a northern thing, so maybe we'll see. My number one favorite cookie as of this moment, and sometimes interchangeable with the second <coughs> put, right? And, and sometimes chocolate chip cookies think so. It just depends on what mood I'm in, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Number one, peanut butter cookies. I do love peanut butter cookies. Man, peanut butter cookies are so dangerous to me, man. Okay, I might move peanut butter to number three, lemon to number four, Tell chocolate chip to number two. Yeah. All right, but do you know my you know what my number one cookie is? What's that? A black and white cookie. You know what that is? I had to, listen. It's the mm. it's the black on one side, soft cookie with the white. Yeah. I didn't think that exactly. was I thought it was a pastry. No, that's a cookie, and it's they're usually up north. And Publix makes the best ones ever. It's like eating a. It's the yes, it's amazing. That's a cookie. Black and, yes, black and white cookie. See if you can pull it up. I don't know if you can, but yeah, 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 yeah. See, see if you can type in black and white cookie. Yes, they're the best because what's hap what happens that the entire thing is dipped in, I think white icing, and then the other side is dipped in chocolate, so it has a double layer underneath one of them. What's it called? Black and Black and white cookie. Just type in black and white cookie in your image. Uh, yeah, it'll come up everywhere. I thought that was a pastry, bro. I did not no. think that was a cookie. That's cookie. Black and white cookies. This is a cookie, bro. Yes. So would you would you would you be changing your list after seeing this? No, nah, <laughs> I, I got it. It only had it one time though, Jeff. And it okay. was out. So I want you to go to Publix. Uh -huh. I want you to go to Publix again, and this time they only they only sell them in one at a time. So you're not gonna you're not gonna have to throw anything out. It's one big cookie that you can eat by itself. It's 400 calories, so don't get me wrong, it is uh, a beast. 
but just get one. Get one for Brittany so she doesn't kill you. And then, um, yeah, so get two. Yeah, so get two. Um, and then um, try it because the whole thing is covered in the white icing, but the second part is dipped in chocolate. And Publix makes the best. It's almost like eating a cake. That's how good it is. It's cold, what did, man. Brittany said, what did she say? My number one is Caramel Delights Girl Scout. Man, you are related to Joanne. That's Joanne's number one, too. I'm like, she. I'm like, what? The Thin Mints are better, but she loves the Caramel Delight one. Or what do they call the Peanut butter Girl Scout cookies. Is the Caramel Delights the one with the coconut? I'm not sure, bro, because I only only Girl Scout cookie I rock with is the peanut butter thick one. Yeah, the tagalongs. But what about the Thin Mints? Do you like those? Hmm? Huh? Oh, yeah, man. Hey, you know what I did one time? I was outside of a store and a little girl said, will you buy a Girl Scout cookie? I said, sorry, sweetie, I don't have any cash. She goes, oh, we accept card now and poured out a machine. I said, darn She got me. She snatched me and took my credit card and made me buy a box of cookies. I was like, that was slick. Man. <laughs> uh, she just said, yeah, I think that's what she mean. It, yep, it is the one with the, with the coconut. Those are Joanne's favorite too. Your Brittany said that. Oh, y'all love y'all. Y'all just want to talk to Miss Ezzy. Y'all don't y'all don't be on her side. Y'all know peanut butter cookies. Oh yes, ma'am, Miss Ezzy. Uh, Tamara or Tamara said my number one cookie is the lemon cookie. Yeah, the the lemon cookies are amazing. So it just depends on the mood. Man, like cookies, cookies. See, my wife hasn't seen me get a lot of cookies in our marriage because of the abundance that comes with cookies. I can get one slice of cake. And just go on out my way, right? But if I get a whole thing of cookies, if hey. I bite into them cookies and they're soft and moist, right? I'm eating about eight. Exactly. That's the problem. Well, hey, you know what we can do? Remember that place I told you about the donut place uh, yeah. in Georgia that I sent you? So I just found out today that down the street from them is a place called uh, Crumble Cookie. And they have some crazy types of uh, cookies where you can go in and buy one at a time. Here we go. They got big ones for one at a time? Exactly. And so we can get both and then we'll be all right. As long as we eat dessert out and don't bring it in the house, then we're good to go. Danielle. No. Put it in the freezer. freezer, She must not know. Men don't put nothing in the freezer. Yeah, I would pull it out in the middle of the night. There's no accountability when your wife is asleep. No. It's just exactly. you. Catch. See, see, I <laughs> God is working on me because I grieve him. <laughs> that's why. That's why I don't. I, I grieve him. I'd be like, the Holy Spirit, be like man, that's too much. I'd be like, what? Wait, who's that? <laughs> who's talking to me? <laughs> you know what? Though, on a serious note, if you can't put down a cookie, how can you cast out a demon? I'm just saying. So that that is, that is uh, right. you know, some people. How can you cast down strongholds? You can't even turn off the TV, or you can't put down the McDonald's cheeseburger. You know so you are right on that regard. But yeah, I I just I don't break it. That'd be funny. <laughs> Casting out demons, eating a, a box of cookies. Right. I'm. I don't even you. do box cookies. I do little. You know, the things that pop open. The cookies being there, just wrestling, rest, resting yeah. in him. We'll have to try that place. It's called Crumble Cookie. Maybe y'all have one in Charlotte. My sister told me about it, and she lives in Colorado. And she said they go there like every week, her and her husband, oh, and they love it. Oh, they got one in uh, Tiga K. Is it Crumble, C-R-U-M-B-L? Yes. And where they do they got, have it? Uh, oh, they got one in Charlotte off Ray Road? Yeah, you need to go over. Because she said the churro ones and a bunch oh, of different... Oh, like, no, not these cookies. Oh, they're closing soon? 
all you need to know. You mean closing soon, like for the night or forever? It close at 10. Okay, yeah. So anyway, don't go today, but you can go tomorrow or whenever and check them hey, out. Babe. If, you go, if you go to the <laughs> oh, she's watching, she's watching right now. Yeah. Can we go? <laughs> can we go to Rumble Cookie? Right. So maybe you need to show her the baby. Hey, huh? you, you, you need to bring up the cookies so she can see them because oh, the yeah, average. Yeah. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. I'm bringing yeah. this up right now. Yeah, I'm bringing up I, got, I got a video. Yeah, so my sister said she goes there all the time and absolutely loves them. Look at that, babe. <clears throat> oh, don't you want to go? Hey, don't you want to go get a cookie? Look at that. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, no, Jeff. <clears throat> no. Look, I told you, yeah, like that's that's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, like, not the soft action. Oh yep. man, exactly. She said they're amazing. She loves it. Who, who said that? My sister. She goes there. Oh, I, her. I, 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 of course, she said. Of course. All right, guys, we love y'all. Yep, it's been a great podcast because <laughs> they close in 55 minutes. How you know what? She, she's, not even, she's not even gonna go with me. She's gonna send me out. <laughs> she's already probably on the menu. Do you know which one you want, <laughs> babe? Do you know there, which one you Yeah, if I was there, we would go together because that would be great. <laughs> People saying share with her coach. Men don't share theirs. We buy enough for us to sh to, to enjoy together. But what happens is that they usually like the one that you eat. So, you know. And this podcast isn't even sponsored by Crumble Cookie. No. Look at them cookies, bro. <laughs> exactly. I told All right, you. man. Let me go this podcast. I'm All right, bro. Cook it. I deserve it. I deserve it. We can go next week. This yeah, we week. can go this week. Exactly. We gotta, we gotta possess the land right now. Yeah, it's where's Ray Road? That's too far away, isn't it? No, it's like 30 minutes. 25, 30 minutes. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's too long. Man, that's not long. All right, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hate on you. You know what? Do what go you do. This week. You know, hey, you know what though? You know what though? If you go during the day, they're probably more fresh. You know what? You're right. Just You're to be right. because usually at the end of the day, no matter how good the place is, it's usually not as good at the end of the day because they're throwing stuff out. But then, I, but that's where the blessing is, Jeff. I know. I'm... The blessing is in when you come. I know how to play the game. I like showing up maybe 15, 20, 30 minutes before they close, and I just I just give them great, great. Uh, um, I give them great. Uh, and service as far as kindness, I probably walk out with 10 cookies a day for free. <clears throat> See, the Bible says his favor surrounds you like a shield. Wherever I go, I go anticipating that I will receive favor. Even if I don't receive favor at that moment, but they're going to always remember how nice I was and I might receive favor down the road. Look at that chocolate chip and peanut butter. No, I want you to look up their cookies and cream one. Let me look at it right now. Right, just real quick, because I just saw a picture on Google and I was like, oh my goodness. They got, uh, do I just go to uh Yeah, and they change their menus constantly, by the way. So look at their weekly menu. She said they change it all the time, their flavors. Man, that's smart, but that's kind of messed up. I know. Need, so, need cookies like now? Oh, they talking to me. That's prophetic. Their website was made <laughs> in a prophetic, brother. Birthday cake, right, Christmas. The birthday cake Christmas? Ooh, the ginger snaps. Oh, that sounds so good right now. <gasps> oh, the Reese's Cup, yeah. Oh, man. Chip. I, ain't nobody I, got would, I would That's get that. Good. The I would get the chocolate chip this time. Chilled. Oh, I don't want nobody got time to eggnog. That's it. There's the cookies and cream right there. Oh, that's oh. ice cream. Oh, they Look. sell ice cream, too. That's all the cookies they have? 
that's for this week. Remember, they change it constantly. Uh, is it worth? I, I would definitely get the Reese Cup one if I go today, which I believe the Holy Spirit. See, that's why you got to have the Holy Spirit in your marriage. Right now, the Holy Spirit is working in my wife. Uh, I don't know, man. The, the birthday. Now, see, why my, my wife loves birthdays. She loves sprinkles. Somebody, see? Somebody said, turn it off. We don't have one in Titusville. Where's Titusville? Which Titusville that's are not, you That's from? not like a, a scripture. That's not, <laughs> that's not like a place Jesus walked. Well, well, there's a place that I grew up that is near Titusville, Pennsylvania, but I think she might mean Titusville. That sounds like one of the epistles. It was actually, so the place in Pennsylvania, it was actually the first place ever where they discovered oil. In the United States. Yeah. Wow. <coughs> Let me see what the Holy Spirit is doing in my wife's heart right now. We love y'all, man. We just the longest we ever went, hour and 51 minutes. Hey, that's good. That's good. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. <laughs> hey, yeah. We hope y'all have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Ezzy and I will be back in January, and the plan is to do this weekly yep. instead of every other week. We'll let you know what day we start in January. Um, it may not be the first week because that's when uh, I work in finance and that's when it's the craziest. Yeah. But um, maybe after that, after the holidays are over and then we start doing every week. So, Well, y'all be blessed, man. I'm going to go talk to my wife. You know, you know what I'm saying? We're going to go tonight. If not, we'll let you know sure. next podcast. How'd it go? All right. Send me a picture. You better say if you go tonight or tomorrow, I want you to take a picture before you eat the cookie and show me the one you got. I will. I'm probably going to get two. Yeah, like a live picture. Yeah. All right. All right, brother. All right, y'all. Y'all be blessed. We'll see y'all next time. See you guys. Peace.